If someone says to me, I am content, I am happy, I have everything, I have, you know, a mansion, I'm a millionaire, this, 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 and, you know, tries to say what you're saying is wrong, I'll say to them, we'll see. We'll see. Because in their darkest moments, they know that all of this is nonsense. All of this is nonsense. And uh, I think Muslims should look into, you know, psychology and, and, you know, what people feel at death, you know, or near to death or, and the sort of things that they discuss when people are in palliative care, you know, end of life, mm. and the sort of regrets they have and these types of things. I watch videos of people who are, you know, dying and they have, you know, all sorts of diseases. And you, you, know, you get these videos on YouTube where people are just in their last stages. Some people are young, some people are old. It keeps me grounded. It reminds me because there is nothing which is more powerful, I believe, than the constant reminder of death. I try and remind myself of death as much as possible. Why? Because I want to be intelligent. Because the most intelligent people, according to the Prophet wasallam, are the people who remember death and are prepared for death. You're not intelligent if you can do all these great things, yet the hereafter, which is going to go on forever, you haven't prepared anything for it. And you put all of your eggs in this world, which the Prophet, peace be upon him, described as a dead goat. You know, um, sometimes when you're on social media, you know, and you get these things, you know, you, you go onto Instagram, you go onto Facebook, whatever, you start scrolling, yeah? You get people who are going on holidays or you get, you know, these amazing sceneries or some guys like I made a thousand dollars in five minutes and this and that. And you get all these materialism things. And as you're scrolling, 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 you know, the, the Jalik worldview, the materialistic worldview is telling you, you know, come to this, come to this, come to this fit now, come to this uh, thing. Every single one of them, whether it's a pretty woman, whether it's money, whether it's status, whether it's image. You should imagine it's a dead goat. Someone's holding up a dead, diseased goat, which is rotting and saying to you, want to have a bite of this? Want to have a bite of this? Like, honestly, you should imagine everybody that's trying to sell you this materialistic worldview. They're trying to sell you a dead goat, right? Don't go for the goat. Don't go for the goat. Remember the greatest of all time, the greatest man of all time is the prophet, peace be upon him. And he is the one who taught us don't go for that dead goat. Understand that this world is absolutely meaningless. And the true life is the life that begins once we pass away. character is uh think about a video game think about a movie think about a book you have different characters the character is uh the expressions the actions the personality the traits of this individual good character would imply obviously that this person leads towards good bad would imply that they lean towards bad but having character in general uh implies authenticity or at least i would say good character implies authenticity So if you don't mind me asking, because um, forgive me on uh, my ignorance here, but this is the first time that I meet you. And um, I, I don't usually watch any videos. Um, I usually just watch like what brother, you know, Fayed or Rami or anyone else sends me. Um, but have you been a Muslim your entire life? Yeah. Alhamdulillah, bro. Yeah. So would you say that you had a uh, a moment where it all click for you or do you do you think this this has been something that's like since the beginning you've always just kind of been there slowly growing more and more um very good question i would say i found islam at university right so i went to city university in london 
Um, when I came to university, I used to pray the Friday prayer. Other than that, I didn't know. I didn't know Akida. I didn't know Islamic history. I didn't know many other things. Just the basic stuff that the average person just learns as a child. Did you know it was the truth, though? Yes. However, mm. I would say... I would say that you're just... It, it, it's like a cultural thing, right? So you're Muslim. Mm. You you know the teachings and you're like okay this makes sense that makes sense but i think you know at university for me it was like this is the absolute truth this isn't yeah. just or it's not just a and i remember you know attending the friday uh, khutbas and stuff and you know one particular khutbah really hit me and then other and then i started you know i was always into you know, looking into evidences and this type of stuff. So I think university is a time where, you know, you can either go into the direction of, you know, partying, drinking, womanizing, and this type of thing, or you can go down the direction of life is so short, you know, start asking yourselves th these existential questions. Uh, my father passed away when I was at university. Um, my father was very close to me and he was in his, 40s he wasn't even that old and that really hit me so you know you start thinking about morality as uh, a mortality and and you know existentialism and you know all of these deep topics and it's just something which i i believe that that was for me an intellectual conversion when i looked into islam and its evidences and and then studied aqidah and and you know these it wasn't just okay i'm muslim or, you know, my parents are muslim you know this type of thing mm. um i always had this type of Islamic identity, but having Islamic identity is, it, it could be just linked to you being Pakistani, right? You know, um, it could be just you being linked to a particular race or whatever. And sometimes these things are co uh, convoluted together, but you really have to study Islam and say to yourself, this is something that I want to make my life. And um, another thing for me, which was very clear especially the more i started to practice and stuff there is no happiness there is no happiness in anything except submission to the creator like someone says oh they're partying and drinking and doing drugs and womanizing and they're billionaire and this and this and this and this would i like to trade my life for one year with somebody who has no iman allahu akbar never I will never do that. There is nothing. There is nothing that will make you more content, more at peace, more mm. happier than the religion of Al-Islam. Nothing. You know, why is it? Why is it that you get, you know, and I, I, I think young people need to think about this. Why is it that people go on these streaks of, you know, uh, going off for a career and becoming popular and this and this and this. And the end of their career, some people commit suicide, some people go into depression, some people drink themselves to death. You know, there's that famous musician, Avencia, or mm. this guy, uh, uh, Avicii. Avicii, Avicii, right? Look at the, the guy was drinking, then he cut himself and he died. He's drinking a wine bottle and he smashed it and he cut his wrists and died like that. And, you know, one of the things his family said about him is that, you know, the, the meaning of life and these types of things were disturbing him and he wanted to know why he existed. And, you know, this is a guy, and just, just take this guy as an example, mega famous, super popular, right? Rich. You know, all these women around him and, you know, everything he wants, everything that the materialistic worldview tells you, here is this thing that you should strive for, Avicii had. Mm. Was he happy? No. Mm -hmm. Nothing mm -hmm. will make you happier than the relationship you have with Allah. Why? Because Allah made you for that. Allah made you for his love. Allah made you so that you have hope and trust and fear and love purely for him and anything anything that disrupts that will make you miserable if someone says to me i am content 
I am happy. I have everything. I have, you know, a mansion. I'm a millionaire. This, 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 this. And, you know, tries to say what you're saying is wrong. I'll say to them, we'll see. We'll see. Because in their darkest moments, they know that all of this is nonsense. All of this is nonsense. And uh, I think Muslims should look into, you know, psychology and, and you know what people feel at death you know or near to death or, and the sort of things that they discuss when people are in palliative care you know end of life mm. sort of regrets they have and these types of things i watch videos of people who are you know dying and they have you know all sorts of diseases and you, you, know, you get these videos on youtube where people are just in their last stages some people are young some people are old it keeps me grounded it reminds me because there is nothing which is more powerful i believe than the constant reminder of death i try and remind myself of death as much as possible why because i want to be intelligent because the most intelligent people according to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam are the people who remember death and are prepared for death you're not intelligent if you can do all these great things Yet the hereafter, which is going to go on forever, you haven't prepared anything for it. And you put all of your eggs in this world, which the Prophet, peace be upon him, described as a dead goat. You know, um, sometimes when you're on social media, you know, and you get these things, you know, you, you go onto Instagram, you go onto Facebook, whatever, you start scrolling. Yeah. You get people who are going on holidays or you get, you know, these amazing sceneries or some guys like I made a thousand dollars in five minutes and this and that. And you get all these materialism things. And as you're scrolling, 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 you know, the, the Jalik worldview, the materialistic worldview is telling you, you know, come to this, come to this, come to this fit now, come to this uh, thing. Every single one of them, whether it's a pretty woman, whether it's money, whether it's status, whether it's image. You should imagine it's a dead goat. Someone's holding up a dead, diseased goat, which is rotting and saying to you, want to have a bite of this? Want to have a bite of this? Like, honestly, you should imagine everybody that's trying to sell you this materialistic worldview. They're trying to sell you a dead goat, right? Don't go for the goat. Don't go for the goat. Remember the greatest of all time, the greatest man of all time is the prophet, peace be upon him. And he is the one who taught us don't go for that dead goat. Understand that this world is absolutely meaningless. And the true life is the life that begins once we pass away. I can, I can directly attest to what you've said because I've, I've lived on the other side of the fence. Oh, okay. I had all this stuff, man. I had... I was talking to multiple women. I lived on my own. I had a motorcycle. I had my car. Bro, I had unlimited access to any drug that I wanted. And it all it gave me was this temporary feeling of happiness. It wasn't even happiness. It was not. I can't say it was. Bro, I've been in relationships where... Again, I'm not saying any of this to boast, but it's like I had unlimited access to anything I wanted. A very hedonistic lifestyle, very hedonistic pursuit. And um, it's not the same. It's not the same when, when you submit to the creator. The peace that we experience, the happiness that we experience in the creator is unlike anything that this world has to offer. And I think uh, Newman Ali Khan had said it in one of his uh, hookahs where he's like, if you're searching for happiness in the dunya, well, you're searching in the wrong place because like mm -hmm. nothing here is going to give you this happiness. It, this is temporary. The dunya is temporary. So how's anything here going to give you permanent happiness, permanent peace? And man, like, I don't know. I, I don't know if the people around me have uh, noticed this, but... You know, wallahi, the other day I was just reflecting. I was like, man, look at, look at myself, look at my character, look at who I've become, look at the way that I carry myself, look at the way that I treat others, look at, look at my life now. Like, if this is not a, a direct attestment or a testi testimony of me becoming Muslim and the changes that that has had on my life, then I don't know what is because, man, I used to spend time with my family and I was never fully present. I was never there. I wasn't really happy. And if I was, it was like, 
it was a conditional happiness. I was happy because things were going good with my girl. I was happy because I had money. I was happy because, you know, I was working out and I was diesel and I was, you know, at my best physique or something like that. But now it's like, man, I'm just, I'm just happy mm-hmm. to be on a mustakim on the straight path, brother. And it's like I'm 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 here with my family and like I like I said I don't know if they noticed this but I noticed it myself I was like alhamdulillah bro alhamdulillah like they, bro again just like you said I wouldn't trade I wouldn't trade my life for that of uh the highest ranking kufar in this world Allah akbar at all bro human beings go through a burnout when we are following our desires now i was doing some research a few years ago and i came across a really interesting study to do with monkeys right so we all know of the chemical dopamine right uh, sorry the neurotransmitter dopamine um and this is something which is the if you like the pleasure hormone and it's what people chase you know you see something uh, which you desire and, and that's what it is you know it's it's you Okay, you're super hungry, you look at a burger, that's released, or, or an image, or whatever it is. What's interesting is in this story with monkey, uh, in this study with monkeys, what they did is they measured the dopamine uh, pleasure, uh, the, the level of dopamine that was released when, um, when, when the monkey saw something that it liked. So what it did in the study is that it had this way of measuring when the monkey had that pleasure, that dopamine release and what they did is a light came on when the monkey was in this uh, particular cell a light came on the monkey went and pushed a button and food came out and the monkey ate so then what scientists noticed is every single time the light flashed because the light was off when the light flashed the monkey went and pressed and it got the food what it realized is the monkey its highest pleasure was when it saw the red light and as it went to press the button and the food came out, the pleasure is going down and it's eating. It's still getting pleasure, but the highest pleasure is when it saw the red light or whatever the thing is. And what they did is every single time the monkey randomly is waiting there, the light comes on, it presses it, it gets food. What they did is they added, they added randomness to it. So before every single time the monkey pressed the button, it got food. Now what they did is they made it random sometimes the monkey got food when it pressed the button sometimes they didn't get food so now there's uncertainty before there was certainty you go there press it you get food whenever the light's on now there's uncertainty you would expect the pleasure to go down the dopamine release to go down right it was actually the opposite it went way higher it went way higher and this is interesting because now that it's uncertain that whether the monkey will get that food or not, the pleasure goes higher, but the pleasure still is the highest when it first sees it. And when you correlate this study with people who are addicts to heroin, addicts to pornography, addicts to alcohol, addicts to any of these things, and they've done brain scans with these people, the more they go into that desire, the less dopamine is released over time. They've done brain scans to show Mm -hmm. this. Right, that the brain they'll they show the brain there they'll show a red spot where the high pleasure of the dopamine is, then a yellow spot which is less and less, and somebody that's an addict over time the red disappears. The red's the highest pleasure, and all you get is dots of yellow. So over time, pleasure goes down and down and down and down. The more someone gambles and fornicates and does whatever. So interestingly enough, people go through a hedonistic burnout over time. The pleasure is the highest when you're not addicted. But when you get addicted and you follow into that desire, it goes down and down and down and down. And that's why, you know, people no longer get pleasure from just, you know, having a girlfriend. You know, the girlfriend will have to flipping uh, chain them to a wall and they're going to have to be whipped or something. Somebody else is not happy with weed. They're going to have to stick in heroin. They have to increase every single time. He's not just going to gamble um, money you know you you get people who gamble their wives you know if if i lose then this this guy can sleep with his wife or whatever other people gamble their houses you have to do something extreme but you still won't get that dopamine release that you had before islam comes in and says 
Stop being a chemical head. Yeah. Stop being a addict to dopamine. You have a greater goal. And guess what? Dopamine is released when you have that hushu in salah. Dopamine is released when you have that connection with the Quran. Dopamine is released when we're here, we're talking about Allah and it's making us feel better. And this type of dopamine release, it gets better, better and better and you don't burn out, right? So the fact is the happy life, the true happy life is the life with Islam. It's not the life where you're just a chemical head chasing these shattered dreams which lead eventually to depression look at all these addicts why are they depressed they're depressed because they've released their dopamine so much that the the actual uh cognitive architecture of the brain the actual machinery that releases the dopamine because it's constantly being used it gets burnt out its ability to produce dopamine burns out if you're going to use this camera that we're using right now 24 7 the camera is going to break down it's going to start glittering uh, jittering it's going to start having issues with anything they have no break because they're constantly releasing dopamine because the brain gets no break because there's no restrictions because there's no uncertainty and human beings love uncertainty this is why there's depression. So what you're saying, brother, is not just something which we are just talking about. Even science tells us giving in to your desires is the worst way of actually being happy. It's called, uh, I think, desensitization. Yeah, I know this, brother, because yeah, unfortunately in my jahiliya, I was uh, very, very addicted to pornography, man. And, and the, the worst thing is like you do it so much that you start watching worse and worse things. And alhamdulillah, I never got into like really terrible things. But listen, I've, I've had clients whose names I'll keep confidential, but they got so deep into it that they started watching homosexual pornography and then they start questioning whether they are gay or if they're straight <laughs> Allahu Akbar, bro. and if you imagine the same thing happening in porn the same thing happening in gambling the same thing happening in terms of your following of uh, wealth right every single time you have to do something more extreme every single time like for example there's somebody who wants to be i want to be rich i want to be a rich they 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 don't manage to do it in, in the legitimate way. They'll start finding Ill illegitimate ways. Or some people, this happens, they pretend to be rich, right? Other people, you know, they're constantly trying to make themselves look better and better. So then they go under the knife and get plastic surgery more and more and more. And what starts to happen? People refuse to accept the reality. The reality is that you don't have those things that you had when you're younger. So as you're getting older, your body's getting weaker. You're starting to get wrinkles. You're starting to look old. You're starting to get gray hair. And if you're Muslim, whatever comes your way, you know, someone throws uh, a kitchen sink at you. Someone does this. Someone does that. You know, every single thing that's happening to you, this life is a test. Right. So the believer, when when everything's coming at them, so when they're healthy, they're grateful. When they're not healthy, they're patient. The believer is in success at every single moment. But the person who is hedonistic, who is constantly just looking for pleasure, 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 what starts to happen is that the smallest thing happens and they can't handle it no more. You know, there's a friend I met a few um, a few years ago and he said, uh, uh, something very interesting to me he was at that time that i met him he had a long beard and he was giving dawah and you know he was he's just somebody that you thought was always practicing islam but he told me that actually he was not practicing islam before he was totally jahil he said you know i used to have all these hairstyles and this and that and as he started getting older he started getting bolder right he said that really made him like you know worried oh my god i'm losing my hair and this and this like all these small things later on when he started practicing losing hair gray hair or health problems it was all like yalla no problem bismillah what's the issue you have money good you don't have money no problem you know you're you're kind of like indifferent to the world and that's why 
you know, these types of people, and you know this, brother, because you are non-Muslim, these types of people, like you said, their happiness is so contingent. As soon as they find out that, oh, you know, I'm with this girl and this and this and this, but actually there's another girl and she's prettier than this and this one's getting old and this and that, they're constantly not happy. You know, they're never happy with their car, never happy with their house, never happy with their spouse. They're never in a state of happiness. And even, even it comes to a point where people only select their friends because, well, they got money or they got something to offer. And there is no true friendship. There is no true empathy, right? I mean, look at, look at us here. I don't know you guys until we went onto this live stream. You don't know me. We're connected by Iman. I don't want money from you. I don't want status from me. I don't want anything from you. You don't want anything from me. We're both here because we love Islam and we want to share Islam. This is what Islam provides. Bring it on. What does atheism provide? Like, honestly, you know when atheists say, oh, atheism is right. I'm like, okay, bring it on. Tell me what does atheism provide? Okay, if I become an atheist now, what do I do with my life? Go ahead. What do I do? What's the meaning of life? You do whatever you want. Uh, make your nafs your God and not feel guilty. That's all you get. Yeah. What is it? Mm. Just follow your nafs, follow your desire. Okay, fine. And what? What after that? Honestly, I just cannot believe there are people in this world who never ever question where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? How can you live your entire life and not think about these things? Well, it just it goes to show how Allah says in the Quran that uh he guides who he was. Like there's some people who are it's as if they were deaf, blind, and dumb. Like nothing you say, nothing they see, nothing that happens, it's not gonna do anything for them. You could show them the truth right there in their face, and they're just gonna be like, ah, oh, that's that's not it, that's not it. <laughs> Man. The proof is in the pudding, right? Oh. And the proof is, you know, um, if someone wants to really know Islam is the truth, I would honestly not give them an argument for God's existence or an argument for the Quran being true. Although I can. I'll say to them, if you really want to know Islam is true, then call upon the creator. Call upon you know, in English we say God, in Persian we say Khuda or whatever, you know, got in German, whatever. You believe in one supreme being. Just call upon that being and say, can I have guidance? Even once, sincerely, God will show you what the truth is. You know, some people say, oh, I read the Quran, didn't make any sense. Oh, I don't believe in religion. I say to them, you just, simply arrogant and you're not sincere no i am i am sincere oh okay <laughs> like oh, yeah, 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 sure problem. sure you are sure you are i know and i know people that this has happened to and has definitely happened to me you call upon god god will answer you if someone 100%. says to me no i asked for guidance and i was sincere and i never got guidance in fact i got guided to believing in i don't know a lama is god or atheism i would say you're a liar and they'll say, prove me wrong. I'll say, no, I don't need to prove you wrong. On the day of judgment, we'll see. But you're a liar. You're a flipping liar. Anybody who says they made a sincere supplication to God for guidance and they were not guided and, you know, they try and say that, uh, you know, um, I'm sincere and I never got guidance. Either they've given up, they've, they said it once or they didn't do it properly or whatever, or they're just totally lying. The fact is, if you want an iPhone, 13 which is going to come out this year what do you find you find people who are willing to in central london in the cold which is it's going to come out like october it's going to be freezing here in london right they're gonna actually get a blanket get sleeping bags all night they're gonna stand out for a phone for a phone they're gonna go stand out and struggle to be the first ones to buy it but for faith for iman you're not willing to put in the same struggle and the same energy. Oh, God, give me a sign. Oh, there's no sign. Oh, I don't believe in God. Come on. Mm -hmm. We put in so much effort in our degrees, in our marriages, uh, you know, to, 
to pick up wealth and, and you know, pick up phones, put in some effort for the sake of your etern- eternity. Mm. And you putting in that effort, it's impossible that God will not respond to you. God will respond. Allah says in the Quran, call upon me, I'll respond to you. Oh, and sometimes they receive guidance or they receive a sign and they either say that it's them or this is my doing or two, they they claim that it's coincidence or three, they, they try to give some other uh, explanation for it. They, yeah, they the, don't the say it's God. It, you know? Yeah, yeah, the universe. Bro, okay, well, I, so here's the story, y'all. When I was uh, a jahil, I was getting into the new age stuff. You know, you heard about this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So when I was getting into it, I was hearing about the law of attraction. And I was like 2015. And I was like, hmm, the law of attraction. Like, how nice would it be for me to manifest uh, a reality and have all the money that I could ever want and uh, never have to worry about bills, have all the food I want, um, get the car that I want, get the house that I want, go traveling. See where my mind was at here, right? Very materialistic, very dunya oriented. And they have this uh, this test that you do. And what you do is you basically ask the universe, right? you ask the universe, right? universe. <laughs> you ask the universe to... Uh, send you a sign and make it clear to you that that's a sign there's no question there's no doubting just make it clear to you that that's a sign listen if i tell any muslim this the first thing you think about is the you think about is the prayer right so i had this thing i did this and wallahi i had two signs that were unquestionable like I, there was no me questioning it, but then I was like, "Oh, it's the universe," and then you know what ended? You know what ended up happening after that? Completely forgot. And then I started thinking, "Ah, well, that was uh, just a coincidence. It wasn't real or anything like that." And like, bro, how many people are going through the same thing? When it's like, bro, that was God right there. That was God just showing you just a snippet. And you know what's interesting hmm. is. People who worship idols, it's not the case that they call upon the idol, like they're just worshiping these idols and nothing happens. It's Allah who answers their du'as, but they subscribe it to the idols. And, you know, what's interesting is that a person can interpret something in a particular way. They can be like, okay, this means this, but deep down, a lot of people know right and wrong. So, what you said reminded me of a guy um, I met a few years ago. It's actually me and Hamza Sotsi. This guy contacted us. Uh, he was a doctor in uh, central London. And, you know, he was a militant atheist. And he was dying from this disease. And uh, he prayed to God. He said, God, if you cure me, I'll be thankful and I'll find the truth. Then he was miraculously cured. Right. In a way that surprised the doctors, even though he's a doctor himself, you realize, wow, this is amazing. Once he came out, he actually went back on what he said to God. He said, oh, the human body fixes itself. You know, maybe this happened. Maybe that happened. He reversed it. Then he said, no, 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 no. I know what that was. That was God. Right. Then he looked into it and he started looking into religion. Alhamdulillah, in the end, he looked into Islam and became Muslim. The fact is. Everybody knows there is something beyond this world if they deep down think about it. Now, sadly, they do shirk by calling upon the universe or calling upon the idols or or these types of things. But ultimately, everything that happens is from Allah. Everything that happens is from Allah. And, you know, I find it very hard to believe that there is truly atheists out there, that deep down they actually believe the physical world is all that there is. Anybody who's a critical thinker who thinks deeply about this, it doesn't take long before you think to yourself, surely there has to be something beyond this world. Mm-hmm. Who made this world? Everybody in their own personal lives, they will see signs. You know, how many, if you go out on the street, and this is something that anybody can go out and test. Go and speak to people about true dreams. 
you'll have non-Muslims who say, I saw this thing in a dream and then it came true. Or this particular thing happened, or I made this prayer to God and it came true. Everybody that actually thinks deeply about these things will come to recognize sooner or later, naturalism, the idea that the world and nature is all that there is, is absolute garbage. You know, you really have to work hard to convince yourself that these things are, you know, not there. They are there. They are calling out to you. You know, when you see a tree or you see a star or the other day I was in my garden uh, and I was praying and I like praying out in the open rather than praying inside the house. And I just prayed and I looked up at the sky and I felt this rush of Iman. I don't know if you guys had that when you look at the sky and you can't describe it. And you're like, you know, people are trying to tell you, oh, I don't believe in God because of the anthropic principle. You're like, shut up. <laughs> you have no idea what you're talking about. You have no idea what you're missing out on. I was, uh, I was praying at the beach the other day and subhanAllah, like as I was finishing the, at the Hiyatu, and I, you know, I said, Assalamu Alaikum, both sides, finish. I opened my eyes and I was just looking off to the horizon and just the way the clouds were formed, the breeze that was hitting me, the waves that were just rushing over on the shore. I was like, SubhanAllah. Lord. That's what I'm saying, man. And the last thing I was going to say too is... Isn't, uh, that, isn't that better? I mean, brother, uh, I don't want to go into your jahili and stuff. Isn't that better than the best woman you've been with, the best drug you've ever taken, or, yeah. or money? Isn't that better than all of those things combined together? And it's 100%. not sure. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Brother, when I, had, when I had all of this, and like, bro, I listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I'll be honest on camera too. I do not mind. Allah knows best. I've been abstinent for three years. Alhamdulillah. I haven't even been Muslim for three years, but I've been abstinent for three years. So Allah was already at work in my life before I even realized it. All right. Me, I was engaged at the time. And me and this, this woman, we split, we parted ways. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going through a lot of pain. I should probably deal with this. All right. I should probably deal with this. And Throughout those, uh, I'd say two, two and a half years before I became Muslim, because it's it's almost a year now that I've been Muslim, I, I would have moments where I'd be like, oh, I'm good. I'm ready for women again. Like, let's go. And I would start talking to a whole bunch of women. And then God would place this, this barrier in between that. And it's like, I would always be upset because like I wanted to be with them. You know, obviously my sexual desires, you know, they were rushing over me. But it's like, bro, if I can think back, all the times that I was with a woman, all the times that I had a relationship, all the times that I was doing all this. And we know like how strong those emotions are when you are with the opposite gender, the opposite individual, and, and you guys have something, you guys have a bond and you guys are engaging in these uh, sexual relations. Like, bro, none of that compares to that single moment right there on the beach after so long, just looking at everything. You know what I mean? You know, the kuffar in the Quran, they say to the Muslims, their religion has deluded them. <laughs> you know, in, in, other way, in other words, you know, they, they look at us and they're like, these guys are nutters. Like Jeez, a self-fulfilling uh, prophecy or what? No, no, no. What I mean is that they find it hard to believe that with all of these vices, you get young people who are like, nah, no thanks. Mm. You know, you get young sisters, right? You know, 18, 19, all the, they see people around them who have boyfriends, who have this, who have that, who are taking off, uh, you know, on holidays and they're on Instagram with pictures showing their hair and their body and stuff. And then you get these sisters who are like, no thanks. You know, you get brothers who are like, you know, there's weed available, women available, drugs available, porn available, you know, status, this, that. They're like, no thanks. Because these people are strangers, right? And they're strangers because they're hooked on something else. They, they're hooked upon this spirituality. And it feels a lot better than anything the world has to offer. 
So from an outsider's perspective, Islam should have been dead a long time ago. Like Islam's telling you, you know, okay, what's the man's strongest desire? Strongest desire for status, power, women, prestige, wealth, image, all these things. Islam says, no, you can't have that. And the man says, okay. Same thing with the woman, right? You get all of these things, right? Which are materialistically available and attractive and, you know, the opposite gender, everything. From a non, like, uh, just think of it from, from the outsider's point of view. They would say these people are mad. All of these things are available, but they're putting their head on the floor. They're gaining knowledge. They're giving dawah. They're focusing on other stuff. It makes no sense. But we know that what they're doing is nonsense. Mm -hmm. Because this is real. What they have is fake. But bro, if only they knew. If only they knew. If only they knew. And how can they know? How can they know unless we tell them? You know, when I'm speaking to people and I try and do a heart to heart, I just try and say to them, you know, rock bottom, this is something that's going to give you peace and happiness and tranquility. Nothing else will. Nothing will. What are people looking for? What are they peace really and happiness? Peace happiness. and happiness. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Look, people are not complicated, right? People are simple. Professors or peasants, they want happiness. Islam is there to give you happiness. But here's the beautiful thing about Islam. You go to the gym, you go through pain, right? And all of us have been, especially after the lockdown, I'm sure all of us went through this. During the lockdown, you can't go to the gym. But then you go to the gym and you go through pain, you go through struggle, you have to have a particular structure. You come out of the gym after the session you had when six months you were locked away and you get that rush. You get that release of you know dopamine and serotonin and all of those happy chemicals and you walk out of the gym and you got this breeze and you get this happiness and then you have your meal and you know you feel great. That feeling, it didn't come by a drug. It didn't come by swiping, um, you know, a credit card. It came by hard work, going to the gym, pumping, sweating. Then you get the rush. You get the happiness after the regime, after the structure, after the pain. It's painful when that lactic acid is building in your triceps. But the pain then led to that great pleasure. Islam is the same thing. You're sleeping. You're completely out of it. You know, you're... You know, flying through some spaceship or whatever, and then your fajr alarm goes off. You had three hours of sleep, and you're like, okay. And then you get up, you go cold water, you do that wudu. Then you get the rush, but you had to go through the pain of waking up. You mm-hmm. had to go through the pain of actually. This sometimes happens that you know it's the winter and it's only cold water and all of this. You have to go through that lack of sleep and discomfort but then you get the pleasure the problem with people today and especially the new generation which everything is instant gratification they want the pleasure without the pain they want the spirituality without the struggle but these things go hand in hand like you know the way i sometimes think of it in terms of myself i sometimes imagine or think that I need to declare war or whip my own soul. Like that's what you got to do. You got to be like, oh, I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like doing that. Or I feel like doing this. And you literally have to be like, shut up and fix yourself. You know, you have to have that strength. We're not animals. You know, an animal sees the opposite gender, right? And just goes and shags, right? Or goes and eats. Uh, it, the animal wants to defecate, it defecates. The animal just does what it feels like. The human being, the Muslim, the, the mu'min is there for self-restraint. I am not going to do what I feel like. I'm going to do what Allah wants, right? And that will give you the greatest ecstasy that nothing can give you. Damn. You're enjoying it. <laughs> You're enjoying this. That's beautiful. I am, bro. I am. 
man, this was such a, I was so present during this, you know? Yeah. It was just a flow state. You look like you live in the gym, so I'm sure you, that analogy worked with you. <laughs> me on fire or me? Fire. Fire, yeah. Bro, guess, guess the last time I've been to a gym. Bro, I, I was looking at your biceps in that WhatsApp. Um, what do you have it? That picture you had. I was like, Allah Akbar, man. What is that? <laughs> flipping bazooka. Marshall, you, talk, you talking about my DP? <laughs> no. Like my, my profile picture. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. Yeah, bro, I've been to, guess the last time I've been to a gym. When? I want to say December or January. What? Yeah, bro, we've been in lockdown since. But you went gym before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're maintaining the the muscle and those Bro, things. I don't even, I'm barely working out now. I'll, I'll work out like 10 minutes a day now. How, how, how old are you? I'm 23. Yeah, your metabolism is quite high. Your testosterone is high. So you're going to maintain it. When you're my age, when I'm like 36 now, then mm. you have to go gym regularly. Because if you, if you drop a few weeks, you mm. put on the pounds, your testosterone level is lower. Your uh, metabolism is slower as well. So at your age, yeah, yeah. Of course, you're going to maintain that physique. MashaAllah. That's true. And yeah. one last thing I want to throw in here to like tie in what you were saying. Yeah. You know how you said if someone's a critical thinker, they'll think about this and, and they'll eventually get to these existential questions where it will lead them to the truth, right? Well, let's say someone's not even that much of a critical thinker. If, if someone's just ambitious enough, right? Let's say you're ambitious and you say, you know what? I want to be a professional um, football player. I want to be a professional fighter. I want to be an entrepreneur and I want to have all these businesses. I want to be a billionaire. I want to do all these things, right? Like at some point or another, you start to actually achieve these things. And when you achieve these things, you realize like, oh, is, is this it? Is this it? Like, brother, there's times where in the past, like when I was really skinny, I remember when I first started working out, it was... um. It was 11th grade, or maybe it was 10th. I don't, I don't know. Allah, Allah knows it best. Allah alam. But I started working out, and I wanted to get bigger. And then when I got bigger, I looked in the mirror. I was like, nah, nah, nah. I, I need to get even bigger. Then I'll be good. And then when I got even bigger, I was like, nah, 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 nah. I need to get even bigger. And then I got to the point where I was weighing close to 200 pounds. I had joint issues because of how heavy I was. I was no longer athletic. I couldn't move the way that I used to. And I looked at myself, I'm like, all this time, you've been trying to get bigger and like, look what it's giving you. It, it has not given you any, any hint of happiness, any hint of satisfaction, any hint of achievement. And then I thought to myself, ah, you know what? It's because I'm carrying too much weight. It's because I need to be defined. I need to be ripped. So then now I went from this mountain, let me climb this mountain over here. But then when I got to that mountain, to the peak, I was like, oh, damn. Like this, this isn't it either. What is it? What is it? And again, like if someone's ambitious, they'll get to the point where they're going to ask the question, is this really it? Like, am, am I really just living life to just climb this mountain, get to the peak and then go to mm. the next mountain where I'm constantly searching for happiness, constantly searching for that uh that fulfillment bro listen bro i'm gonna say something right now which might piss a lot of people off i'm very against the whole extreme end of powerlifting. you see these dudes going to the gym lifting an unhealthy dangerous abnormal amount of weight where they could literally herniate their disc or it's just like they're doing all they're, they're snorting all these things i forgot what they're called these chemicals ammonia. to like huh ammonia Ammonia, yeah. Um, it's just different nitrogen compounds, right? So they're doing yeah, that. Something like that. Yeah, they're doing that. They're uh, they're you know bleeding, and they sometimes they do get injured, right? Um, I've seen people tear their pecs. Like, bro, what are you doing this for? Like, I'm all for you know, run, run faster, climb harder, go to the next level. Of course, bro. Of course. But there's this extreme end of powerlifting that you see. They they're just obsessed with hitting that new PR, new PR, new PR, and it's just like, come on, bro. Like is like do you really think that's that's going to give you the satisfaction that you're looking for because once you hit that you're like okay i did 205 let me go for 225 then 315 then 405 it's like where does it end 
you know what's interesting about that is if we look at the narration of the Prophet where the Prophet said if the son of Adam is given one valley of gold then he would want another right so a valley of gold is more than enough for the rest of your life but the son of Adam wants another and then nothing will satisfy uh, uh, him except the sand in the uh, belly as in when you die and you decay and then sand is you know going through your bones and stuff something like this i'm just paraphrasing the narration mm. of the professor here the thing is honestly some of these guys that you see in the gym are freaks some mm-hmm. what i mean by freaks is i just today, just before this podcast, for some reason, I was on Google looking at Vince McMahon back in the days when he became hench. He's 75, and when he was in his 50s, he started doing steroids and started doing, looking huge, right? You know, the, the chairman of WWF, WWE, mm. and freakish, freakish. It doesn't even look nice. But what it is, is you have to do something greater and greater and greater and greater because you're trying to get to that place. But the problem is that place doesn't exist. It only exists in your mind. But Allah, Allah is there to tell you, Allah doesn't care about these things. You know, you're poor, you're rich. Allah will answer your dua. You are somebody who's a sinner or you're a saint. Allah will still answer your prayer. You are somebody who is trying to, you know, change their life or you're somebody that's really struggling in pain or whoever you are, Allah is there for you. So, you know, people sometimes have these very negative stories about themselves. I'm too old or I'm too fat or I'm ugly or I'm this or I'm that. The fact is you should be happy as long as you are having a good relationship with Allah. That's it. Just have a good relationship with Allah and you're successful. You know, it's quite sad, but, you know, we do have to talk about this. How many people do we find who are, you know, what looks like at the peak of their life? And later on, they didn't know, but they actually had cancer. You know, Um, there's a a, a guy who Muhammad Hijab and Ali Dawa, they were debating in Speaker's Corner and so did Hamza Sotsis, this uh, Sikh guy, right? So he it was he, it the, the basics of Sikhi or something? Yeah, bas- basics yeah. of Sikhi, right? So this guy, um, he was somebody who um, was making videos about Sikhism. He looked like he was living quite a healthy lifestyle. I remember I met him in Speaker's Corner. I took his number as well because I wanted to set up another discussion between him and Hamza. And, you know, I, I remember that day, um, you know, people come to the park and, you know, you get thirsty. Some person can have a fizzy drink with them or coffee. I remember he had coconut water. I was like, oh, this guy must be quite healthy because he's having this. And, um, you know, practicing Sikhs, they're like, they're quite, like they eat vegetarian stuff. Um, they won't drink, you know. So he looked very healthy. Um, he studied at Oxford University. He's an intelligent guy, right? And, uh, you know, subhanAllah, the guy, while he was talking to us, I we didn't know, he didn't know, but he had cancer. And I remember I was talking to him on WhatsApp um, and I was trying to set up something. And then I remember he didn't reply for some time. And I was like, oh, he stopped replying. Oh, what's going on? Then I found out that he had cancer. And then, you know, I was discussing with Hamza, oh, we need to go see him. We need to go, um, you know, just, just meet him and stuff. And out of nowhere, then you know, it was very aggressive cancer. And he died literally a few months after that discussion. That's That's still online. You know, and how many stories do we know this? I have, I, I have somebody that uh, I knew at school, and this guy was a super intelligent guy. He went off to Oxford University to study philosophy. He came out. He was an athlete. He was doing rock climbing. He fell and he died. Other people, you know, they're at the peak of their life to die in, you know, motorcycle accidents. Sometimes people just die suddenly. Like sudden death is happening now, right? Um, I just read the other day about this guy who passed away and he there was like the doctors didn't know why he passed away just 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 some sudden death and the police said there's nothing suspicious uh, that they know of he just died the thing is this life is scary we don't really like to think of it this way but it is scary you don't know how long you have like today is friday there's seven days of the week 
one of these days is the day that you're going to pass away. It's going to be one of these seven, right? It's kind of scary when you think about it. And then eternity, all your doors are closed except for the good that you've left here. And, you know, this is why I try and do this and I don't do this enough, but I recommend this to everybody watching. Constantly remind yourself of death. Death is going to bring out the best of you. Uh, Robert Greene, he's this author who writes, you know, about, I'm sure you've heard of him, Laws of Human Nature and um, 33 Strategies of War. You know, he, he gave this talk and it was so interesting. He said, when you think about death, then every moment you suck out the best of it. And you, you give life like more meaning and everything comes together. Now, obviously him, he's not giving the spiritual element. He's just talking about value. But it's true. When you think about death, you forget all the trivial things and you just focus on the most important thing. And for us as Muslims, the most important thing is Allah. Romans have a, a saying called memento mori, which basically means remember your death. And you're not the, the first person that's, you know, mentioned this because, bro, it's, it's been a short time span here. But we had this brother on that we were interviewing, uh, Zach. He was an ex-cartel leader. Oh, I saw and, Yeah, man, mashallah, bro. He's, he was saying the same thing about that. He is like people remind themselves of death. Like he lives a life where he could literally die at any second like the cartel can come into his house while he's sleeping and that's it game over he's still in mexico bro he doesn't want to get the hell out yeah he's there because he has a purpose may allah protect him i mean uh, in a way it's sometimes a blessing when somebody knows they have cancer or somebody knows that they're in that danger you can get a false sense of security you know, and Robert Greene also says this, that when you're in your 30s or your 40s, you think, oh, sorry, your 20s or your 30s, you think you have these vast eons of time ahead of you. It's not true. It's not true at all. You could pass away tomorrow. Even if you live up to a ripe age of 80, you go up to an 80-year-old and you say to him, do you remember when you were 15? They'd say, yeah, I remember you were 15. How long ago? It felt like yesterday. Like, I remember being... You know, I was just talking to my missus about today, how fast time goes, right? Like 20 years ago, I remember what happened. I remember watching TV. I remember going to school. I remember these things. And 20 years later, it feels like yesterday I was 15. And, you know, I'm sure that's why people when they're 80, they, they feel, you know, like life went past very fast. You know, in the Quran, Allah uh, teaches us that. You know, when people are resurrected on the day of judgment, they're going to think they lived on this earth for like a moment, for like a short afternoon, short morning. Because that's what life really is. That's facts. That's real, bro. That's real. If I were to ask y'all right now, oh, just go ahead, recap the last 10 years of your life. What? You, you'll be able to tell me like a few little things. And that's because everything else in between that was mundane. Everything just kind of blended in together. And that's what happens when you aren't really like, I guess you don't have that uh, awareness that you are going to die. You know, you start living as if you're going to live forever, but that's not the truth. So, man, I don't know. I speak for myself, bro. It's you know, what's interesting about that is that you will regret everything that you've done right but you will not regret remembering allah even this conversation right we're remembering allah we're talking about allah you know you will not regret when you like you said you're praying and then you looked out at the beach and you, you you had that remembrance of allah at that point even sometimes i like watching nature documentaries Right, planet Earth and blue planet, and you know, all these types of things. Because for me, that's remembering a lot. You know, you're sitting there watching all of these amazing plants and animals and their strategies and how they mimic each other and their different colors. And you're like, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. You know, we, we sometimes forget to 
do the most simple things. And, you know, I was reading, uh, sorry, I was listening to a book recently about how our lives are full of clutter. You know, in a 10 minute window, we're thinking about what's for dinner. Where am I going to take my children to school? Um, you know, uh, where's that five pound note I left somewhere? Oh, this guy, he said something to me the other day. What did he say? Oh, that's really annoying. What did he mean by that? In a 10 minute window, you're probably going to think of 50 completely different topics, which are trivial, absolutely trivial. And your mind is continuously flowing between these random thoughts. Social media has made it worse because now you actually scroll through. Um, the stats are that 27.5 meters of scrolling we do every single day. Like one meter is there. Like 27.5 meters. And all of that is garbage, right? What you have to do is you have to, and we human beings forget, but you have to stop, think about Allah. Stop, think about Allah. Even in your scrolling or this or that. That's why I like sometimes that brothers and sisters put up Islamic reminders. So when you're in this scrolling habit of, oh, you're just watching a cat going down, you know, uh, this uh, jumping on this ball or something else and you're scrolling, you're just watching these random videos. Sometimes it happens before you're sleeping, you're just trying to tie yourself out. Then someone puts an Islamic reminder and it breaks your flow, right, of scrolling. That person has basically helped you get closer to Allah. So I really like it when, you know, people post stuff like that. But usually we waste so much time on social media through scrolling or scrolling in our minds with completely disconnected and trivial issues, which is why, you know, the reminder benefits the believer. We have to continuously remind ourselves we're here for something far greater than these trivialities. Awesome. Bro, this was one of the realest episodes we've had. MashaAllah. Yeah, I say that every Allah. week, bro. But it's because <laughs> it, it's a good sign because we're, we're getting better, bro. Alhamdulillah. Brother Sabor, Jazakallah khair for making the time to be here. Any yeah. closing words? Any closing pieces of advice for anyone listening? I um, I've been thinking about something nowadays. Um. I really feel sorry for your generation, young people now. I'm not like very much older than you. I'm like, what, 14 years older than you guys. But what I mean by that is that the fitna that existed when I was your age, right? When I was in my early 20s or late teens or whatever. It wasn't that bad, right? You know... Nowadays, you get these apps, and I only know of these things superfluously through articles, or you know, you get these videos on was this Sidemen or something that keeps coming up on my algorithm, right? Side Sidemen reacts or whatever. They have this thing like Tinder swipes, where it's like um, stuff. Where I shouldn't be promoting these apps. I'm not. I'm just saying it's a well-known thing, right? You get this thing where they do a real life thing where I don't watch the videos, but it comes up on your um, algorithm. And this is obviously a well-known thing. People swipe, they choose partners, they do this, they do that. The ability to do zina, the ability to do drugs, the access to, you know, materialism, the pull towards materialism, this Dajjalic worldview is so strong. You know, I, I often think that, you know, young people, they're like protecting themselves. They're not talking to the other gender. They're not, you know, going into these materialistic things. Yet they see people all around them looking like they're enjoying themselves. You know, you, you, you'll find this continuous thing like, uh, you know, what if they're enjoying themselves and I'm young and I'm not enjoying myself? Like the fitna is so strong. And I literally think to myself, it is a miracle of Islam. It is a miracle of Iman. It is a miracle of Allah that there are young people who are like, Banda, I'm not accepting this nonsense. I'm going to worship Allah. I'm not going to give up this uh, relationship that I have with Allah for these trivialities. And I've seen more young people are practicing now than they were when I was younger. 
Like there's so many halakas, so many talks, so many, if you go to universities, way more hijabis than before, way more practicing brothers than before, way more knowledge circles than before, way more people involved in da'wah than before. Yet the fitna is greater. And mm. you think to yourself, how is this possible? So I honestly, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm astonished the fact, at the fact that there are people who are strangers like this who exist. And I would say, stay strong, stay strong, because, you know, the true happiness is on this side. The grass looks green on the other side, but it's artificial and it's poisoned. The real grass is on this side, right? And I don't think I can give a stronger message to the youth than to remember the story of Yusuf salam and how being strong upon your faith Allah will establish you on this earth. Amen. Amen. Amen, man. What a wonderful note to end it off. Oh, no, you got any uh, thoughts? Yeah, the last thing that I want to say, brother, is uh, in regards to what you said earlier about your dad, man, may Allah accept him in the Jannah. Amen. 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 100%. May Allah elevate him and all of us in the highest ranks. Amen. 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 All right, guys, if you made it this far, Smash that like button. Link in the description to find Brother Sabur's YouTube channel and his work. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Omar's character is uh, think about a video game, think about a movie, think about a book. You have different characters. The character is uh, the expressions, the actions, the personality, the traits of this individual. Good character would imply, obviously, that this person leads towards good. Bad would imply that they lean towards bad. But having character in general uh, implies authenticity, or at least I would say good character implies authenticity.